What horrors await us at the Garth Manor today on Podcastmagoria? Podcast Magoria. My name's Autumn. And I'm James. And today we're discussing our H movie, Hell Night, which is a 1981 classic starring a very important person in horror, Linda Blair. Yep, the old horror icon herself. Yeah. You were telling me she won a Razzie for this? She was nominated oh, for a Razzie. Nominated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At Didn't least it was win. just nominated because <laughs> I think. I think she did all right. All things considered, uh, she did okay. Yeah, yeah. I think she gave some good screams. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's what they had her there for. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hadn't seen this movie since I was a child, and a lot of it left my mind, including how long it is. <laughs> yeah, the movie does a lot of atmosphere building, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, as I put it while we were watching it, I think this is good as, like, Baby's first slasher film. Yeah, like, we were we were co- talking about the concept of it being a sleepover film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, folks, this is 100% a perfect movie to put on for if you have a little scary movie party. Because it has enough action and enough Enough stuff going on it that keeps you engaged, mm-hmm. but it also has good lulls in between said scenes, so you can go refill your soda, get a slice of pizza, yeah. go to the bathroom. Yeah, and we were also talking about how this movie is actually a pretty good graduation movie, like graduating from baby horror up yeah. to... You know, when, when your kids have finally gotten past the stage of Hocus Pocus and <laughs> Halloween Town, <laughs> and they're wanting something with a little bit more blood in it, but you don't want full-on, like, hardcore stuff, th- this is good. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I mean, the, the gore isn't too graphic there is a sexy scene in it but yet again it's not explicit yeah uh there isn't really any nudity in this film aside from as soon as the movie starts it's this huge college party and there's a wet t-shirt contest but you don't even really see anything yeah you can kind of see some nips through a shirt and that's it But why this is kind of surprising to us is because um, the director, Tom DeSimone, Mm -hmm. he actually, his movies before this were kind of risque, sexy 70s movies. Ooh la la. Yeah, so it, it was kind of a shock to find out about that, especially since this movie was so tame. Yeah, this is incredibly tame. Like, this could be on your basic cable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the basic premise is these four kids are trying to get into this sorority house. Yep. I keep forgetting what the sorority actually was, because to me it just sounds like beta, beta, beta. Yeah, yeah. lambda, <laughs> yeah. lambda, lambda. Yeah. <laughs> In order to get into the sorority, though, they have to spend the night at Garth Manor. 
Ooh. And so we hear the story of Garth Manor. <laughs> oh, oh my boy. God. Yeah, yeah. All right. This movie is... Guys, it's 1981. <laughs> so we still have a lot of insensitive phrasing when describing folks that have disabilities. Yeah. Like, he, he uses a lot of uh, derogatory terms for yeah. uh, special needs people. Some of which... I wasn't aware of. Yeah. I'm I, not going to say, you watch the movie, kids. You watch the movie, and you can try to p- make a game out of it. Figure <laughs> out what I'm not familiar with when it comes to horrible things to say about people that have different conditions. Yeah. While the character, like the head of sorority, I think his name was Peter. Yeah, Pete. Pete is just going on and on about the story of this manor. And he keeps just saying bad thing after bad thing. And I'm like, okay, so when they go into the manor, what's he going to say? Like, oh, yeah, this was the slave room over here. You know, he might as well have done something like that. Here's the servants' quarters. And I have loving nicknames for each one of them from different (laughs) cultural backgrounds. No. (laughs) It might as well have been something like that. Yeah, because just checking every little box. I also want to mention about the opening of this movie is it really sets the tone for this being a early 80s mm-hmm. horror college kids kind of movie. Uh, for, for all you fans of Night of the Demons, it has yes. that sense. I, I looked to see if Night of the Demons had any, if, if the people that made it were attached to this movie or if they were just fans there's i mean there's nothing and mm-hmm. rightfully so because i feel that if if i made a movie that was practically the same movie without the supernatural element i, I probably would get a cease and desist i'd, I'd get sued because <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of similarities between the two well night of the demons did it come out it came out in 1988. Okay, yeah, so it's later on. Yeah, it was filmed in 87, came out in 88. Maybe they took some inspiration, because the vibe is definitely the same. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. atmosphere-wise and everything. Mm-hmm. Except for these kids in this movie aren't getting up to as many shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. They ain't running around naked. Definitely not getting into all the trouble. I mean, yeah. there is drug use. Yeah. And there's some heavy petting. Yeah. These kids, these college kids, are actually a little respectful compared to what yeah. you normally see. Yeah. Besides, while Pete is telling the story of the, the mansion... <laughs> uh, the main blonde girl, uh, Denise, mm-hmm. she's like kind of laughing about a certain part and she's like, oh, I'm just drunk. Oh, yeah. So yeah. murder's funny when you're drunk, huh? Yeah. yeah. She's, <laughs> her character is, she's just pretty much always about drugs, booze, and sex. Oh, yeah. And she's the one that's focused and we'll get to, the, uh, I'll get to my point for that here in a second. But yeah, she, she's definitely, that's her, I don't think any of these characters are three-dimensional. These characters are just your basic 80s archetypes. Yep. Practically just the jock, the nerd, and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. not quite that. Yeah, because it's more the rich boy. Yeah. <laughs> the girl that apparently doesn't care about politics, but is yet pretty much saying, eat the rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sla- and also, she's a working working man's girl, because she's right. a mechanic. That's but, Linda Blair's oh, character, yes. uh, is a mechanic. Yeah, and the guy is so shocked about this. He's pretty much like, what girl change break? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
good example because she's talking about changing brakes, so good job. (laughs) (laughs) They go to Garth Manor. At first, guys, I thought we were going to have an occurring theme with these movies so far has been we're always complaining about there being too many characters. Too many damn characters. And for a hot minute there, I thought we're going to have like a hundred plus people to keep track of (laughs) because all the kids from the school go to this place and I was just like, holy crap. And they're all walking around, learning the history, giggling and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I expected it to be a party. I was like, oh my god, like, I'm never gonna keep track of everybody. I I can't keep track of six people, let alone a hundred. Yeah. But we get shrunk down to four. Thank god. The four main characters, and then we have three side dish. Yeah, the uh, sorority people yeah. are coming in to uh, make sure some pranks happen. Yeah, yeah. To spook the kids. Our main kids, they they get all nice and comfortable. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Jeff, who is with Linda Blair's character. And then we've got Seth, who's ultimately probably going to be referred to from now on as Robin Hood. Yeah, we kept calling him Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, who's with Denise, who's British. Get that British Australian? She's got an she's accent. She's got an odd accent. And they do make fun of it for a split second. Yeah. So I don't know where she's from. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but uh, no one cares. <laughs> but yeah, Denise has Quaaludes and Jack Daniels. Yeah, the perfect mix. Yeah. I think that's what killed Jimi Hendrix. I think so. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's what I think of when I even even in the early '80s. I don't think that was a very good combination. No, no, booze and downers <laughs> is how you die. That's not how she dies, though. No, no, she's no. fine with that. So Denise and Robin Hood are smooching in their room. And you yeah. think, uh oh, some shenanigans. But no, 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 no. They just they keep, just, they just keep the smooching. They're playing around, yeah. tickling, and having fun. <laughs> yeah, having tickle parties and such. <laughs> we go back to Linda Blair's character, and oh, let's just call her. Let's go say Linda. <laughs> well, her name is Marty. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to Marty. Okay, Linda's better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marty and Jeff are hanging out by a fireplace and I was incredibly distracted by this scene because Jeff apparently has no idea how to use a chair. Oh yeah! <laughs> what was that about? I have no idea. Okay gang, this guy, okay he's the rich boy so maybe maybe that's his excuse but he takes the chair and lays it back down on the floor and sits on the chair like that, as if the seat is the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's a weird choice. Like, I was making fun of him at first because he was lying the chair down. And see, I I figured what he was doing was he was lying down the chair and he was going to break a leg off to put on the fire. Yeah. Or maybe he needed to repair it or something. I have no... Like, anything else would have made more sense. So yeah. as he's laying down the chair, I make the joke, oh... Jeff doesn't know how to use chairs. And then he proceeds to sit down. <laughs> and we were like, he really doesn't. <laughs> uh, this is how we then go to our other characters mm-hmm. to give us a little insight that this isn't just about our main characters spending the night because the head of the of the fraternity, he 
has some tricks up his sleeve. Some little pranks. Him and our one of my favorite characters. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got pirate Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have cave woman. Cave woman. <laughs> and they uh, they go out into like they get back in there and they're talking about how oh did you get the thing set up yeah 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 I got it all set up. What they have is they have a bunch of speakers and whatnot set up to yeah. hear this, ooh, the spooky sound. Yeah, they really went in depth with with this. Like, it's pretty much set up like a haunted house. They have yeah. they have a control panel. They have the, the ghost hologram that they're yeah. going to set up. Just all this cool stuff. Yeah, they pretty much have it set up like in that uh, in the movie High Spirits with uh, Peter O'Toole. Oh, it, you know where it's okay. just it's like the crappy castle and they got all the little haunts set up. The the mirror yeah. gag. That's basically what these these college kids set up. Really sophisticated effects. Right. I also want to know: Do they do this every year for initiation? That's what I got from it. Was okay. that you? You cannot. You are not allowed to be in the group unless you stay the night hmm. in Garth House. I wonder why it it was this night that it all went to crap. Right? Because... If, it, if they've been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, maybe it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Maybe the killer was mad because nobody actually got naked. <gasps> That's it. <laughs> if somebody had gotten naked. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, we, we do end up seeing our first death during all this setup. Yeah, yeah, because while the the two fellas, our head, our head frat guy and Harry Potter, the pirate pal, <laughs> doing the setup, we our cave woman is sneaking along. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what she was trying to find for them, because they were like giving her instructions on, oh, you can go over here and do that and this. But... All of a sudden, these hands come up out of the ground <laughs> yep. and start pulling her down. Yeah, dragging her into the ground. So I was like, ooh, zombies. Yeah. But no, it just turns out that there's like tunnels down there yep. and the killer was able to reach up out of the ground. Yeah. Strong ass motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This guy rivals Jason. Yeah. So, yeah, she's pulled down into the tunnel and pretty much immediately decapitated. And I also want to point out that we get to see what I think is, for some reason, a weird thing that the killer does, which is the killer loves to touch the face. Yeah. He gra- every did he single- do that with her? I'm very sure that he did. Okay. He, he grabs, he touches the face of everybody that he kills. Yeah, he... He's a, gra- a face grabber. Yeah, he is. It's stroker. Like, he's sensually, like... Yeah. You know, it's weird how he's them. how he's grabbing on these faces. Yeah. I will say that the decapitation, it's a really quick cut. But it was effective. It was really cool. Yeah. It was y- super neat. It was Yet fun. again, though, it wasn't extremely gory. No, no. There wasn't little bits hanging off. It wasn't very bloody at all. Yeah. It was just real quick. You just see it for a moment, and then move on to the next scene. Yeah. I think they did a very good job with that. Old Pete, the frat boy, sets off some of the the haunts. There's some screams. Ah! Yeah, those classic, like you'd hear on a Halloween CD type of screams. Yeah, it's definitely like the Disney Haunted Mansion record 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so it's the classic Halloween sounds, the screams, the ooh. Yeah, the boys do find the speaker that these yep. sounds are coming out. They find it really easily because, oh, of course. Easy. And is this when L- Linda sees the ghost, too? Yes, yes. Linda is haunted by the ghost of Jacob Marley. Yeah, that's what it looks like for sure. Because he's in the Victorian clothes. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. You know, he's, uh, the only difference is he didn't have the chains wrapped around him. He's got the noose hanging. Yeah. Because it's the ghost of the father. It's actually just one of the many special effects that they, uh, the kids had come uh-huh. up with. Which, it looks really awesome. Yeah. There's no way in hell that's real. No. <laughs> no, they didn't have holograms like that back no, then, for no. sure. No, that ghost was dancing across the room like he was Tupac. But... The, the post-production they did, looked they, cool. They did a good job. For this being, I'm assuming, a relatively small picture, like mm-hmm. they did a good job with it. Yeah. Our pirate pal <sighs> is up on the roof fiddling with uh, the next uh, effect, which I believe was he was going to have a dummy fall off the side of mm-hmm. the house that's being hung. But he ends up being the dummy. Yeah, he's the dummy all along. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the killer pops up and twists his head around. Like, his head was completely (laughs) flipped around on his spine. Like, wow. Uh, And also the killer had to caress his face before doing so. He really grabs on to his face. That's when I was just like, wait a minute, is this a thing? (laughs) I guess, like, none of the people in the house, like, after they've figured out the pranks, you know, they're just kind of chilling again. They go right back to their bedroom situation. Mm -hmm. Well, after Harry Potter puppet pal gets his head twisted all the way around, we go back to Linda and Jeff. (laughs) They're packing it in for the night. Yes. And uh, they're in a room. With two beds. With two beds. Hmm. Classic 1950s style. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Jeff does try to shoot a shot during this scene, and mm-hmm. Linda's just like, eh, no. No, thanks. No. Wrong bed. <laughs> you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, so he goes and gets into the other bed like he's a sad Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, like, <laughs> at this point, they're kind of like, okay, like, we're just being pranked. It's mm-hmm. the guys. Everything's cool. Nothing bad's going on here. So they're they're kind of getting ready to go to sleep. Yep. So let's check in with Denise and Seth. Which Seth has already passed out. He's already passed out. Denise decides to keep the party going, though. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, she reaches over to the uh, the nightstand and has herself a good old swig of Jack Daniels and pops herself another lewd for the evening. Which, even for the early 80s, I don't think that was a good idea. I, I don't think anybody would have <laughs> told you to do that. No, no, it's a bad idea. It's a, a horrible idea. <laughs> so, yeah, kids, don't mix your Quaaludes and your Jack Daniels, okay? Yeah. Also, where the hell are you finding Quirgulubes at? <laughs> it's like... Right? Now it'd be, I don't know, uh, Ambien and Svedka. Ew. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> She's kind of just walking around, feeling herself, I guess. I, I'm not 100% sure why she gets up and goes over to the mirror. She's not sure either. <laughs> 
Yeah, because what happens next, we get to see how high she is. That's right. Because face appears in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's all all melted and gross looking. And she says the line. Yeah, she she <laughs> she sees the <laughs> reflection of herself in the mirror with a crazy ghoul face, and she goes, "Ah, these quaaludes are messing up my skin." <laughs> yeah. So so she, the prank didn't work on her because she was way too high to even realize. Yeah, which Pete's the ghost. Pete's in the wall. He's uh, mm-hmm. on the other side of a two-way mirror trying to do this gag, and he even notes to himself, he's like, "Oh." Freaking just stoned. Pete wanders off, defeated by not scaring mm-hmm. another person, mm-hmm. and that's when he runs into the killer. Ah! And of course, the killer does the classic face grab. But he he's able to get away from the killer, and we get we actually get a chase scene. Yeah, he's chasing after him through the hedge maze, and unfortunately, Pete gets stabbed. Yep, with a big old scythe. Yep. Which, this is probably the bloodiest part. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you don't really see the stab wound or anything. But you do see the end of the scythe coming out of the other side of the hedge maze with Mm -hmm. blood just dripping on it. Yeah, yeah. Again, tasteful. Yeah. It's cartoonish in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah, you had said while we're watching it that all the, like, the dead bodies and stuff, essentially, they end up having, yeah. like, kind of goofy death makeup. Yeah, um, they, they kind of have their jaws slacked open, and uh, they're all pale with, like, dark circles under their eyes, which isn't normal for corpse makeup. No. Even in the 80s. Yeah, they kind of give um, uh, almost, like, death makeup from, like, a hammer horror movie from like the 60s yeah it's definitely more zombie like than a dead person Mm -hmm. (laughs) we end up going back to linda and jeff uh they're now awake again yeah and they're just they're just talking by the fire Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they they have a nice conversation about how linda believes in witches Mm -hmm. And Jeff is just like, well, I believe in elves. I've yeah. seen an elf. I saw an elf once. <laughs> it was kind of, it was cute. Yeah. This was a scene, though, where I was like, wow, Linda Blair's really delightful in this movie. I I enjoyed her. Yeah, her dialogue during this scene uh, I thought was she was really so good. cute. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very natural dialogue. It almost feels like maybe this part isn't 100% scripted. I'm not going to say that her nomination for a Razzie was 100% necessary. However, there are moments where it's an 80s college slasher film. No one's doing a great job in this. Yeah, but I would still be mad if she had won that Razzie. <laughs> you hop in your time machine, go back there and slap the commission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the committee, rather. Uh Somehow, Jeff's line about seeing elves works because Linda ends up smooching on Yeah, now she's shooting her shot. Yeah, and she found her target quite easily. Mm -hmm. And then we get to see the other lovebirds, what they're up to. We move along back to Seth and Denise. Which Seth is awake now, and Denise is still somehow awake. Right. So, okay, the little bit that I know about Lutes. 
it's a downer. It's yeah. sleeping pills. It's sleeping medication. Yeah. Like you, like you, you know, the whole point is you're supposed to stay awake so you get super stoned instead of falling asleep. She's taken two now uh-huh. on top of all the drinking. Yeah. She couldn't possibly be. She should be just flopping around. Yeah. At best. But hey. We we think that they're fixing to do the deed, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they start smooching again. And we had just got done saying, wow, this movie's so tame. And then mm-hmm. we get to this scene, we're like, yeah. oh. Yeah, because she's in, we haven't described, she's in full sexy, sexy lingerie. Yeah, red and black, pantyhose, garters, you know, yep. all the nine. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Jeff is wearing his sexy lingerie. Oh, <laughs> Is white boxers with a little red heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're cute. So they, they start kissing, and he starts kissing all up and down her body. And in any other movie, this would have been, oh, yeah, they're about to bang one out. Yep, we're fixing to see some boobs. No. No, no. The camera tastefully pans away to the wall where we see the silhouette of the two mm-hmm. kissing. Yeah, we get to see um, the shadows of them, like, making out and kissing yeah. on each not, other. Not having sex. Yeah. Yeah, still not having sex. The camera goes back to them. And they're having a tickle fight. And they're having a tickle fight. This movie, this the, the, the love scenes in this movie <laughs> is like if the nephew of the, of the producer Aww. or something was just like, I want to write a scene for this. And they're like, okay, how do you want the characters to die? No, I want to oh. write the love story. Oh, precious. <laughs> but yeah, it is it, totally yeah, like a yeah. kid Every time wrote you it. see these people interact with each other, it's 100% like how a child would imagine college, drunk college students making out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the kid didn't know about quaaludes. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Uncle put that in. Yeah, uncle's <laughs> just like, what are the kids like these days? Uh, yeah, you're totally on the loots. <laughs> well, after vigorous tickling and smooching, Seth has to go uh, to the bathroom. Yep, and it was at this point that we we're like, okay, one almost fixing to die. We're at the, we're, we're probably close to the end of this movie, right? <sighs> No, this is when we found out that we're halfway into it. We're only halfway through. Guys, I will say this. This movie is an hour and 41 minutes long. I'm not going to say that you feel every minute, but Mm -hmm. it takes its time to establish the setting. It takes its time with every single scene. And yeah, there's some parts that it could totally just calm it down, uh-huh. cut it a little bit shorter. When I when we found out that we were only at the halfway mark of the movie, I was just like, God, what else has to happen? <laughs> yeah. People have died already. Let's get this going. Well, we do get it going a little bit because that's when Denise gets her face grabbed. Mm-hmm. And, and pulled away. And pulled away. And Seth comes back to the the bedroom, and he sees that the blankets are pulled over on the bed, and he thinks, and he see, you know, he sees a lump, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Ah, oh, she must have passed out finally." And so he lies in bed, and he reaches over to kind of give himself a feel, and he's confused, 
and he pulls back the cover, and it's the head of the cave woman. Yeah. That went missing way in the beginning. Not Denise's. <laughs> Not Denise's this head. Whole, this whole scene, we're thinking. Yeah. Denise has died. Like yeah. she just got killed. Yeah. When that happened, I was just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and for I, for I a forgot. second, for a second, we were like, "Is that Denise?" No. Yeah, she looked different. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, so. well, and the only reason why that we knew this is because Seth screams, runs out of the room. Linda and Jeff come out of their room and are like, "What's going on? What happened?" And he's just like, "Oh, oh, there's a there's uh, there's a head in the bed," and they're like, "Who's?" And he's like, "I don't know, some sorority chick." Yeah, he doesn't even know the lady's name. <laughs> Has no idea who, what her name is. And then they're like, "Well, where's Denise?" And he goes, "I don't know, but we gotta get out of here." Mm-hmm. And so they're they're trying to find their way out. Yep. And then we get the most dramatic scene of the movie, if you ask yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So they get back to the gate, and you see they were all locked in uh, to the property, and they were given a pistol to use on the lock if they get too scared during the night. Well, he uses the pistol. It turns out, of course, it's blanks. Yep. And Jeff and Linda both start to climb the gate. But Linda has doesn't a have spill. enough. Yeah, she she has a tumble. Because <laughs> it's literally what it is. Yeah. It's a little tumble. Yeah, and then Seth continues to try to climb over the gate. Now the gate has those little sharp, spiky things yeah. up the top. So once he gets up there, he's oh starting to cut up his hands yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the music's real intense. This is one of the most intense scenes in the movie. Mm. I have no idea why. Yeah. I I honestly thought he was going to biff it and off himself from yeah. this scene because oh, yeah. that's how, like, on edge you are. He, he comes close because he gets onto the other side of the gate and he starts to slip and he gets a little bit of a, a stab in his mm-hmm. shoulder and you're like, oh, God, he's done. Nope. I don't know why. Like, I have no idea why I was so worried about him. Yeah. It's so weird. He's not one of the characters that they really, like, you know, they know that Linda Blair is the star of the picture. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of her in it. Not a lot of her talking. It's more just a lot of her walking around and the camera just kind of follows her. But she's the focus, not this guy. But for some reason, I was so worried about him. <laughs> well, he was going to be their way out, yeah, essentially. Yeah, I there, guess, yeah. There's one thing we didn't mention also is that, like, there's no phones or anything, of course. Well, yeah, it's 1981, first of all. Second of all, it's an abandoned, <laughs> you know, manor, so... Well, they mentioned that at the top of the movie, so, you know, it was a plot device. I had to yeah. mention it myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Seth escapes to go get help and meanwhile Linda and Jeff have to bide their time until his return and boy do they bide their time (sighs) the walk from the gate to the house takes a thousand years it is still happening to this day they never made it to the house (laughs) we're still (laughs) it's still happening well, they finally get to the damn house after what seemed to be an eternity. Yeah. And they get in there, and they're waiting around, and we check back in with Seth and how things are going to... <laughs> Poor guy. Just because he's a college student, like, the police don't want to listen to him. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll put you in the drunk tank with the rest of them. Yeah, he, 
he does the responsible thing. He goes to the police station, and they're just like, if I have to see another one of you Lambda, Lambda, Lambda yeah. chumps, I'm going to freak out. Which, I, okay, we, we did skip a little bit. He was going around like a crazy person throughout the college town going, help, yeah. help, help. Yeah, yeah. Well, he goes back to the, to the frat house, and it's completely empty. Yeah, like how long did these college students actually party? Yeah, okay. Because it had to have been just a couple of hours. Did you guys stop partying as soon as it turned midnight? Yeah. What happened? Because I, when I was in college, I partied until the sun came up. There's a car comes driving by, which does have some drunk college students in yes. it. Yes. And they don't stop. They're just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And it sounds like they crash off camera. Yes, yes, I asked. <laughs> Did the car just crash? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, that's when he finally, Seth goes to the police station. Yeah. And they're just like, I don't want to deal, deal with all you kids anymore. He sneaks into their weapons closet. Yeah, their evidence locker or whatever their it armory, is. Their armory. Pretty, but... Pretty much, it's like, why, why is he allowed to sneak around this police How, station? The police station's full of people. Yeah. And it's upstairs. Yeah, it's up a few stairs. It's like in plain sight, this room. He's on room. stage practically going, all right, I'm going to go steal some guns. Goes in there, and they're not even... I don't know, is this an 80s thing? <laughs> but, like, I would think that that stuff would be locked up. Yeah, no, it's it's in a easily accessible room. The windows are easy to open. And also, all the guns are on a table, lined oh, yeah. out, like already loaded and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Was there? It was a variety of guns too. I know that I complain about exposition, guys, but <laughs> I feel like I wish that there would have been a, a police officer walk by. And like, go, hey, like, or something. No, 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 no. He, like, while Seth is still yelling about how he needs help, like, a police officer walks by and go, all right, are we ready to do that drug raid yet? Yeah, just, that sounds just something that subtly explains why the hell there's so many guns just hanging out. You know, or, oh, we finally got that Valdez gang, and we and I got all their weapons locked up in the uh, evidence room. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> but something. It is just an odd scene in yeah. general. So he gets himself a rifle and sneaks out the window with no problem at all. Nope. And we go back to Linda and Jeff. And they're, they're still just kind of hanging out. Jeff's talking about... Going out again, because mm-hmm. he had already went out and kind of looked around with yeah. a pitchfork. Yeah, he saw the body of the frat guy. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he knows that he's dead. That's right. And so they're just kind of hanging out, trying to form a plan. All of a sudden, the killer's been in the room this whole time? Yeah, yeah. tense moment. Yeah. This movie has that, though, where that's what makes this all worth going through the long drags in between scenes is you get to this and it's it's like, oh, crap, you know, because mm-hmm. Linda screams and then Jeff's just like, he's got the pitchfork, the blanket draped figure. <laughs> yes, it, it is under, under a blanket. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff stabs him and the figure falls to the ground. Which we were actually kind of going, oh my god, is that actually Denise? Yeah, I totally thought that he accidentally killed Denise, which would have been so funny and also terrible at the same time. Yeah. 
Funny for us, terrible for the character. Absolutely terrible for the character. While Jeff is standing off to the side, he pulls the pitchfork off of the of the dead body, presumed dead body, and he tells Linda, "Pull the blanket back. Take that. Take the blanket off." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" No, <laughs> she does. It is revealed that the killer has escaped into a trap door beneath his feet, as if he's the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, so he wasn't necessarily in that room the whole time, like a creep. Yeah. Jeff decides that he's going to finish the job and hunt the killer. The killer Mm. becomes the hunter. The hunter becomes the hunted. And then we start to get some, some action, but yet again, this... This initial when they're trying to find the killer, it takes so long. They're it's, just walking through the tunnels of the house. It's a good, what, 10 minutes or yeah, something? That's when I said, now's a good time to go get something to drink, talk mm-hmm. amongst yourselves, go to the bathroom, because <laughs> it's a long period. Mm-hmm. But when they finally come across something, it's the most wonderful thing. It's a basement dinner party. <laughs> yeah, with our favorite corpse. Yep. Denise. Yep. Denise. It, it turns how, out she is dead. Yeah, this is how we find out that she's dead is she's sitting there at a dinner table dead with a bunch of mummified corpses yeah. and family portraits and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty much like a little shrine down there in the yeah. basement of yeah. the family and whatnot. I, I don't know what family members the other couple of corpses are in there. It doesn't really ever say, but I'm assuming it was maybe mom, mom siblings, and siblings, mom, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's when Killer pops back up, and they've got to run. We get a great, great scream from Linda. Yeah, Linda does a great scream, and this is an intense scene. Mm-hmm. While they're running around the tunnels, it's it's like, oh crap, like they're going to get it. And uh, so they pop out of the house. And since they're safe, let's check back in with Seth. Seth carjacks a guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we see the liquor store sign, and we're like, what? Did he stop for some liquor along the way? No, yeah. he's doing another crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Seth, so Seth, <laughs> yeah, so Seth steals a car from a guy, and he, he drives back to the manor. Does he ram the car through the gate? No. no. Does he shoot the lock on the gate? No. He steps roughly 10 feet to the left of the gate to where, where there's, a a, there's a hole in the fence. <laughs> we didn't have to have that intense scene of him climbing over the fence if they had just looked a little bit. If he just was simply... <laughs> how the hell did he find it? Because it's I don't completely know. dark. I don't know. He just instinctively looks over <laughs> to the left and goes, oh, there's a hole. So he pops through and he's on the hunt. So is the killer. And so's the killer. He ends up getting grabbed, face mm-hmm. grabbed, and I'm like, crap, seriously? He yeah. finally gets there with a the damn gun, and he's going to get killed immediately? But no, he has a nice little tussle with the killer. Ends yeah. up shooting point, point blank. Yeah, twice. Twice, yeah. Because yeah. he shoots him at the top of the stairs, killer falls into the water. Um, and then Seth goes down to double check on him. The killer gets up to get him. He shoots him again. Triple checks the body. He's like, all right, killer is totally dead. Yeah, and the way that he was shot, you would think. Absolutely. He has his big heroic moment. He, he practically kicks the front door in. He's like, Marty, Jeff, I'm here. They come out. They're like, 
Seth! Oh man, great, you're here. And that's when he gets grabbed by the killer. Yeah, well, he I think he literally says something like, I just killed the killer. That's right, yeah. yeah I, just, I did it, guys. It's safe. Let's get the fudge out of here. And, and then, then he's grabbed. It, it, face grab. Killed off screen. Killed off. We hear a gunshot. Yeah, we hear a gunshot. The gun comes sliding across the room into frame. So Linda and and uh, Jeff can see it. They're at the top of the stairs, and Linda takes thirty eight years exactly yeah. to go down the stairs to get the gun. Yeah, she says, "I'm gonna go get the gun." And we forgot to mention Jeff has gotten a little injured. He got injured when they were getting away from the uh, the killer initially yeah. in the tunnels. So that's why he doesn't go down the stairs himself because yeah. it would take him. 84 years That's right. instead. <laughs> so she makes her way down. Of course the killer lunges out. She keeps saying, Seth, Seth. And Jeff is saying, Seth, Seth. And yeah. Seth isn't answering. It's not no. Seth there. Come no, on. No, So of course she doesn't get the gun because the killer lunges himself across the room. And so then she runs up the stairs and grabs Jeff. And they go into uh, a bedroom. Killer's punching his way through the door, mm-hmm. and uh, and they open up the bedroom window. You know, Jeff pushes Linda out the window to climb out and to get out. She climbs up. She climbs up the side of the damn house. You know. What you sense know, that makes, I'll never know. Horror movie logic. If you're in danger, <laughs> go up. And Jeff gets it. Yeah. Killer kills him. Yeah, he just throws him out the window. Yep. Like a like a pile of trash or something. He's just like, Ploop. Yep, yeah, picks him up, tosses him. After Jeff gets it, Linda goes down the side of the house. Yeah, she's being chased now. And for some reason, she thinks it's a great idea to go into the hedge maze. Yep. But this is where she ends up uh, finding the body of Peter. Yep. And finds the keys to the gate and everything on him. Yes, yes. But he's a little, he's a little, uh, you know. Well, uh, rigor mortis has set in already. Yeah, rigor mortis (laughs) has set in. (laughs) Rick Moranis has set in. (laughs) And so she's (laughs) struggling with that while screaming the whole time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she gets the keys and she gets to the gate. She pops the gate open. She does something very smart. Which is, she locks the gate behind her. Yeah. She takes the time to actually lock the gate. Which, I mean, it wouldn't have done her very much good with that hole a couple of feet away, but... She doesn't know about the hole. And uh, (laughs) the killer doesn't know about the hole either. That's true, yeah. Uh, But she gets to the car, she tries to start it up, and it won't start. So she hops out of the car, opens up the hood... And uses her mechanic powers to restart the vehicle. Wait, you're telling me her telling us that she was a mechanic was a plot device? I was so surprised that there was a payoff from that. What? That... The thing is, is that means that thought, like, there was actual thought into when they were writing lines, like, writing dialogue and writing character stuff, Mm -hmm. that that was a part of, like... I, I was a little impressed. Yeah, it was. I've, I've kind of gotten used to throwaway dialogue with all these movies. <laughs> yeah. She ends up backing into the gate, breaking it open mm-hmm. by accident. And the and killer's on top of the car. 
And this is the most hilarious yeah. driving scene oh my God. ever. Linda just basically <laughs> goes full, Jesus, take the wheel. Literally. She's just, gra- she's just ah, screaming and putting her hands over her face, still slamming her foot on the gas. And somehow the car is not <laughs> running into any tree. It doing... does a full like turnaround. Yeah, it's just driving back and forth in front of the gate. And then finally she looks and realizes what's happening. Like, she opens up her eyes and sees the gate, and it's tipped down towards Mm -hmm. her, you know, with the sharp pokey bits. Yeah, (laughs) another plot device that came in handy later. Nicely done, guys. She drives that car straight into the gate and impales the killer and passes out with the horn going. It fades out, then it fades back in, and it's morning. She wakes up, gets out of the car, and slowly walks to the camera for another 72 years. Yes. And we get a proper ending to a movie. Yeah. Final girl. Yes. We we even have a final girl ending, which I always love. Yeah. So there we go, folks. All right, Autumn, as usual, how do you feel about this movie? Um, I definitely have mixed emotions about it. Uh-huh. Um, it is a classic. I do think people should watch it, mm-hmm. but watch it with a group. Yeah, this is a party movie, one hundred percent. Yeah, this is uh, like Cause if you watch it by yourself, or even just like just me and James watching it, like yeah. it, it can get boring. Yeah, there's moments with it where you start to reach over for your phone. You, you, you like you kind of get a little uneasy mm-hmm. and not in like a, Ooh, I'm uneasy. I'm spooked. It's yeah. a, I'm getting restless. Uh, that being said, I will say that I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I can see why it, it has a cult following. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely like to watch this movie again in a group setting mm-hmm. because I would like to see other people react to this movie that haven't seen it. Because I think it's fun. Yeah. I think that when you get to the actual action and you get to the actual like stuff, when mm-hmm. it's not just somebody walking across the room with a candle or going through hedge maze or going through the front yard, like yeah. there's so much walking. There's also, uh, you know, I usually like to point out like the artistic aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say I really enjoyed the way that this movie was lit. Yeah, the lighting was good. Uh, there was a lot of scenes where you couldn't see hardly anything because it was so dark. But the way that they decided to light a lot of the scenes in the darkness looked really good. Yeah. Um, you could see that in the house, they were using a spotlight on the actors for yeah, their it, scenes. Yeah, anytime the, the actor, you know, it's a classic, someone's got a flashlight or they have a candle and the spotlight is on the act. You can see, mm-hmm. you could, there's a couple of moments where the spotlight doesn't move perfect with them. Where they start yeah. to move out of the edge of the light. Oh, and there's one uh, fact you forgot to mention about oh. the costumes. I thought that was pretty interesting mm. when he told me. So the movie starts off with them being, you know, it's a big old costume party and stuff. And your initial thought is that, oh, well, it makes sense. It's hell night. It's probably like a Halloween party and all that. However, the reason why that they're all in costumes is the uh, the producer and director and stuff felt that the setting that they were in at the Garth Manor it didn't feel right 
to have them in just normal street clothes. So they wanted them to be in period clothing to kind of give it more of this like atmosphere uh, to the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, the hedge maze was built and that whole thing was put into the movie because uh, the, the producer was a fan of... There was another movie with Jimmy Lee Curtis that had this long chase scene that was really intense. Huh. And so that that whole ending part with uh, Linda Blair was directly inspired by the oh. scene with Jimmy Lee Curtis. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, so the nice thing about this movie is this production seems to be more out of passion. Yeah. That the people that were involved were actually fond of making horror. And, you know, and I think they, it, it feels like that. It really feels like the kind of movie that you want to put on on Halloween. Mm -hmm. Or if you're just having like a spooky movie night with friends. It is perfect for that. It has definitely got the right atmosphere and vibe. Like, it is totally a fall movie. Yeah, so I definitely recommend it. It is available on Tubi with commercials. It is available on Shudder without commercials so if you have a subscription for shutter you know check it out i definitely suggest without commercials because com- we watched it with commercials yeah we watched it on tv so it kind of broke it up and awkwardly yeah um a lot of these other movies that we've watched on tv with commercials the commercial breaks were the timing was good on it this one the timing was kind of weird yeah. where it, it would happen not quite during a quiet part. It'd be like right when a scene was just about start. You'd see just a quick little frame and then commercial. And that was jarring. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right, folks. Well, that brings to the end another episode of Podcast Magoria Halloween A to Z. And our next movie, our iMovie, is going to be something a little different for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Something up my alley, uh, yeah, some right. Asian horror. That's right. Uh, we're going to be going with Inhuman Kiss, which, which I think it is our newer movie, actually. It may be, but we'll, we'll talk about that in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, as usual, remember to stay spooky. Bye. You've been listening to Podcast Megoria, co-hosted by Autumn Campbell and James Davis. Music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe and visit us at podcastmagoria.wordpress.com for more information about this podcast. Additionally, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And remember to stay spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs>